Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Oh. This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening A Most Wanted Man, The Congress, Land Ho, Pride, Get On Up, and more. At the E-Bar, The Wilderness of Manitoba and Greylands perform on October 3rd, and Bruce Peninsula, Del Bell, and Advertise play on October 5th. The Bookshelf is an independently owned culture hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph. For more information about these events and the venue's accessibility, visit bookshelf.ca. Creative Control with Vish Khanna. I've been solo dad lately. My wife's been away on a business trip for just under a week, almost a week, and it's, uh, well, I'm, I should be fine. You know, I'm okay. But my kid, my three-year-old kid is not happy. He really likes his mom. He likes, he likes her a lot. He's been waking up, like, super early, like five or six in the morning, just screaming, mama, 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 like over and over again bad dreams and stuff and I try to comfort him and he just he's not having it he just like screams for mama so I'm in a bit of a situation here a lot of tirades and tantrums and it's making me nuts it's making me a little anyway I've been a little grumpy and uh, it's a struggle to get anything done so the show has been compromised the show has been compromised call the president anyway this is a good episode I'm happy with this one John Southworth just the thing you need when you're going through stress and tension is the music and in the conversation with John Southworth. He's a good man, great writer, great songwriter. He actually does so much stuff. It's hard to keep up with him. We talk about that on the show. But his latest album is Niagara, double record, um, inspired by Niagara Falls, which is both a thing that you know, water falling, and it's a town, it's a region. They named a lot. Niagara gets a lot of stuff. Anyway, I talked to John about this. His new album's just out, and uh, he's got a new kids' book coming out. And uh, it's called uh, Daydreams for Night, which, oh, man, is that what's going on with my kid? Something. You're going to hear a new song by John Southworth on the show. I hope you enjoy it. He's the best. He's a great song. Man, he's, he's just great. So here it is, myself and John Southworth.
If you're in Waterloo, Ontario in the next while, you might want to plan to be at the Starlight Social Club and or the Jane Bond. At the Starlight this week, Electric 6 play October 1st, Always play October 2nd, and Zeus perform on October 7th. And on Sunday, October 5th, the Stag Band begin a monthly series at Jane Bond. The Starlight is located at 47 King Street, and Jane Bond is around the corner at 005 Princess Street. Visit starlightsocialclub.ca and janebond.ca, respectively, for more information. You look around, but you don't know anyone. It freaks you out. is not Niagara Falls No, no It is an illusion It is not there at all Niagara is apparitional It's an inner mass projection Projected from the soul I hear a voice just passing across my heart Rounding like a violent angel A solemn sermon starts What are you doing to this land? Are you not real? You're slaves to your evasion And now the voice becomes an axe Against the shield foundation of a faulty nation John Southworth is a remarkable songwriter, musician, filmmaker, theatrical performer, and author who splits his time between Toronto and Montreal. Over the past 20 years, Southworth has established himself as one of the world's most fascinating and intriguing artists with upwards of 13 music-related releases to his name, including a stunning new double album called Niagara, which is out September 30th via the United Kingdom label Tin Angel Records. And on October 1st, the Vancouver publisher Simply Red will publish Daydreams for Night, a children's story, and Southworth's first book. He'll be touring Ontario, Quebec, and select cities in England throughout October. And here now to discuss this further is John Southworth. Hi, John. How are you? I'm good. That was well done. Thank you. Thank you. For some reason, your name, Southworth, was really tripping me up today. Oh, it's a tripper. Is it? Is it yeah, th- it is a bit of a tripper, I think. I don't think there's a lot of th in there. And I've always been self-conscious about that. <laughs> you got two thus. You, yeah. you got two in there. Yeah. It's a bad, but, bad lisping name, I think. Southworth. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to do it. Well, you know, it... it it could have been worse. Worse if my first name was, you know, like Ruth or something. Yeah, yeah. Then it would have been the trifecta. But it's good. I, I enjoy saying your name, and I will get better at it as time goes on. Now, John, where in the world are you? I'm in my um, my little uh, home in Toronto here, uh, in Parkdale. Parkdale. You, you nice. know Parkdale. I know. And um, I am. Bear with me. There's a small. Um, 
toddler next door to, to where I'm living who's having a, a massive, what they call meltdown as we speak. Hmm. And I'm trying my best to concentrate. Well, it's fine. I'm, I'll probably have a meltdown at some point during the show. Yeah. That's par for the course. And then yeah. also, I'm solo dad right now. My son and I have been alone while his uh, beloved, super beloved, in fact, so beloved is his mother to this child that every morning he wakes up at an ungodly hour and just screams mama for yeah. about an hour. I just say, mama's not here. I just, I don't know what to say. I try, I'd be like, do you want to, do you want, I can give you a cuddle. It doesn't have to be mama. And he just screams it. So all I've experienced lately is children's, tant or my child's tantrums and tirades. And I, I'm going a little crazy. Yeah, I hear you. And, and how old is your child? He's three. Well, there you go. This, this, this kid next door, he's about three and a half. Mm-hmm. I think he's getting freaked out because they're having another baby coming. That's what we're doing. Oh, see, there you go. They're getting freaked out. It's not going to be their world anymore, you know? John, at this point, I should ask, is, is my son next door for some reason? <laughs> it's getting way too similar. And, I mean, if, I, if he is in Toronto while I'm in Guelph, that's a problem. Maybe he's hanging out in Parkdale and you don't know it. Maybe that's what he does every day. Maybe he was mad because I didn't give him. He did ask for TTC fare today, which I thought was odd. Yeah, there you go. Little hints. Yeah. All right. Well, I've, I've, I haven't heard a peep from whatever. If it is my son or whoever, I haven't heard anything. So don't. Okay. If it distracts you, we'll understand. Now, I want to ask you about your new album, Niagara, and its relationship to Niagara Falls, because you've done something very unique here, and I want you to explain it to people uh, because they may not know. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I hope it's unique. Otherwise, um, it would probably be a lot of wasted effort in a way. But. Um, what the record is, it's a double record, and one side is the Canadian side, and one side is the American side. It's called Niagara. And it's not, I don't think it's a, a, a hit-you-over-the-head concept-type record. It's still a very subtle record, but I've just um, divided it in a format that lends itself to a, a new experience. So you can, you can absorb the songs through a different context, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but again, it's not, it's, it's not in the, my first and foremost, um, uh, well, well, the main thing I wanted to do was write some good songs. And, uh, it just so happened that I could frame it in this way at the same time. Well, Niagara Falls, for people in the area that I live in, which is like Southern Ontario, Niagara Falls, that sort of upper New York state, like Buffalo, yeah. They all have this mystery, and we kind of categorize them in a way. They have a feeling. They have a feeling like few other parts of America for me. Mm -hmm. When I go to other parts of America, I don't have that same feeling. There's something about that sort of... And, and being in Niagara Falls, you get that, too. You're, you're, yeah. you're in the middle of both, and it's weird. Is that what inspired you to... Yeah, well, I mean, it's more that I consider Toronto an extension of Niagara, it's an extension of the Niagara Escarpment too. I consider the when I say Niagara to me, it's it's Southern Ontario uh, and upstate New York. You know, in a, in a, if I'm going to get specific, the way I see it, right? But but in a more specific context, yeah, the the two sides they represent something. I I totally feel different the moment I I cross the border into upstate New York and, and head to past Buffalo or into Buffalo. It's a different, it's like, it's a different country and it's literally and the way, and energy, energetically it's, and it's, and it's 
so that's the specific of it. But from a grander scale, this is where I've grown up. You know, this is my land. This is where this is where I've spent most of my life. Mm. And I thought I would make something that that honored that. You know. Now, where where are you? you're from? The you're from the UK. Yeah, I was born in England, and and lived there till the age of eight. And so, in a way, I I, I at times feel like a. I'm not sure if you were born here, Vish, but I uh, was. I was. Okay. Well, for me, I I sometimes still have this strange, um, almost classic immigrant experience where I'm trying to connect um, to to where I'm living and, and trying to find a home and trying to get a sense of home, uh, even even though I've been here most of my life. Right. And and that that feeds into a lot of the, these songs, you know. Now, is there a region? from your childhood that connotes any of that same feeling or vibration that this area, this Niagara area, particularly that that nexus between, you know, the falls are like a nexus, I think, in some ways. Mm-hmm. Is there anything from your childhood that, that had a similar feeling? You mean growing up in England? Yeah, sorry, in England specifically. Oh, no. I mean, this is, this is entirely foreign. I, I definitely feel like a foreigner most of the time here still. And I've been here most of the majority of my life. And, I, and I'm, I'm, you know, for me, Niagara Falls is an awe-inspiring um, creation. I mean, and it's, it's, it blows my mind that nobody from Toronto ever goes to see it. Um, but that said, it also, I find it fascinating that it divides two countries. Right. Uh, and, and from that, there's so much that's going on in these two little towns. And... And as, as somebody from England, it, it, it's completely uh, uh, it's completely unique. There's nothing like it. And now you get a, you talk about the immigrant experience, but you also make reference in I think it's Niagara Falls. Is it Niagara Falls? Is that the name of the song? Oh the, yeah, the song it's tricky. It's called Niagara Falls is not Niagara Falls. Yeah, Niagara Falls is not Niagara Falls. That's an interesting name. And I believe you make allusions to the Aboriginal connotation of the name. Is that right? Mm, yeah, well, I was fascinated by their own mythology, and I'm fascinated by what Niagara Falls was like 400 years ago. Right. You know, well, imagine just showing up, and there it is. There's nothing around it. Uh, and that's not that long ago, you know. So for me, Niagara Falls now has become almost like a, like a hallucination. It doesn't really, we're not really tangibly connecting to it. It's just some kind of, it's more in our heads than it, than it is in reality. And that, those kind of ideas were feeding into that song. When you say it's, you, you made an allusion there to the fact that Torontonians in particular don't seem to bother to visit one of the wonders of the world, Niagara Falls. And or, or just Canadians in general. It's, Cana- it's really, you go and, it's, and you see tourists from other countries. You know. Right, but to be honest, it's not comfortable visiting Niagara Falls. It's not. It's a tourist trap, and they've, everything surrounding this beautiful site is ugly. You're, de- you're right. And there was a time late last year where I was considering running for mayor of Niagara Falls it, for about two weeks there. <laughs> there was a, the mayor, the elections are like in, happening in Toronto. They're going to happen in October in Niagara Falls on the Canadian side. And I had a whole mandate. One of it, one of it was to turn it into completely scrap the town and make it into like a Banff Arts Centre, a giant arts capital of Canada. Right. Wow. And it would be a huge undertaking, and it was more of you know an idea. There was no, 
and there was no political uh, backbone to, to run, a, run this on, but it was a way to express my ideas. And, uh, and that's what I think could be a, a, an interesting uh, way to go about it, to, to, to bring more of, of a, a, an artistic, holistic interpretation uh, in terms of architecture and things to do connected to the falls. Huh. And what happened after two weeks? Well, we started making a vi- uh, some, some video footage. And I, after be- spending a, a few days in Niagara Falls, I, I just realized that this would be a lot of wasted energy. Because, I mean, uh, we should be clear, like, it's, it is a huge... It's, like, it's sort of like Ontario's Vegas. And, yeah. and it generates a lot of tourism dollars, I'm sure. Yeah, I think it would make might make a good mockumentary or something. Like, but there'd be no way in hell I would ever. Oh, the other thing I couldn't. I remember. Yeah, I, I campaigned to. You in order to run for mayor, you have to technically live in Niagara Falls. So I spent about a month writing to people, friends of friends who knew people who lived there, saying, "Listen, I will pay you a you know twenty dollars a month if you can say I stay with you, and and I can li- give your address as my address, so I can." Uh, I can be eligible to run as mayor. Now, that proved to be very difficult. I couldn't find anybody who would who, who would take me take up such a request, and uh, so that that alone was dispiriting and and nipped it in the bud. You're clearly obsessed with this region and this area, and and I think potentially I haven't given this much thought until now, until processing your record in this conversation. But you might be right. This might be a justifiable obsession. <laughs> I might be. I mean, I, whether I'm right or wrong, um, you know, to me, I, I, don't, I don't really think like that. I think this, is a, this was a moment in my life where I, I connected to this, for a couple of years in my writing, I connected to this idea, this, this con- because there's so many metaphors that this, this natural wonder connotates. It's not just... You know the Aboriginal experience versus what's the, the strange tourist world that's created around it. it. It's you know there's so many love stories that have happened that, it, that there are so many strange undercurrent criminal stories that go on between the two sides. There's strange drug towns. It could be an incredible TV show too, like a kind of a true detective kind of thing. I see lots of things. If you go to Niagara Falls, you just get ideas. Yeah. You know. Have you seen um, Have you seen Superman two? Oh yeah, so, but not since I was like nine. Is there a shot in Niagara Falls in there? Oh my God, it's a very pivotal scene. It's oh, okay, a hugely pivotal scene where Lois and Clark are doing like a travel assignment. Yeah, and they go to Niagara Falls, and they're looking at the falls. And while they're there, a kid. I, this, by the way, I should have prefaced this by saying, spoiler alert, because I know the film came out in 1982 or whatever. But this probably <laughs> like you haven't seen it in a while. Anyway, there's a kid playing on the railing on the other side of the railing. His parents aren't paying attention to him, and he's doing like a game where he's just playing on the railing, and he falls. Oh, okay. This is this is. Def- I'm definitely getting I'm a, uh, like a memory hallucination here. Like, yeah, totally vivid. And then Clark, of course, if, uh, another spoiler: Clark Kent is Superman. Clark turns into Superman and like saves the kid. And anyway, I for some reason that left a, a huge. I, I mean, I live near Niagara Falls. I've been there many times. Yeah. Still, you know, on a rainy day, I will still sport my Made of the Mist poncho. Oh, it's just a plastic bag that says Made of the Mist on it. But yeah. anyway, 
I, I, I was fascinated by Niagara Falls, but probably first saw it via Superman, Superman 2, part 2. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to revisit that film. Uh, there's another film that I was turned on by, have always been into, is that, and that's um, with the same title. It's called Niagara. It came out, I think, in 1953, starring Mallory Monroe. And it's a, a B-movie, film noir-ish. It's not the greatest film, but again, it's, I love that kind of... It's not a Hitchcock, by the way, but I always thought Hitchcock had made a great film in Niagara Falls just because of the, he, he loves those dramatic settings and they're a great backdrop to all kinds of strange narratives. Right, Hitchcock would often take iconic landmarks and, yeah. and then turn them, you know, in often cases they were things that people had a lot of investment in pride for and mm-hmm. then he would turn them on in their head to to do something sinister there and yeah he'd show the underbelly in some way yeah yeah oh, okay well i'll check out the film niagara as long as you check out the film superman 2 i'm on it i was listening to the superman soundtrack yesterday oh so. john williams yeah that's a good soundtrack yeah and uh i think the first and second one are both directed by richard lester who did the did the Hard- beatles movies hard day's night really I think he did Hard Day's Night and Help. Yeah. Yeah, he, he did. He definitely did. I feel like he did part two. He might, I think he did both. I think he did maybe one and two. Got, maybe he's got a track record for making the good first original because the sequels to both, in both instances aren't the greatest. Right, right. That's true. I like Superman 2 with Zod. Okay, I'll check it out. Anyway, I, I don't want to go, I don't want to belabor the point, but Superman 2 is pretty, pretty good. I haven't seen it in a while, but now I think I might rewatch it just because of this conversation. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to watch it. Now, you mentioned, we, we have discussed the fact that there's a Canadian side and an American side uh, to your record. Mm-hmm. Do these do the, do the songs dialogue with one another in any way? Yeah, but it's not. I mean, at the time, I, I, I might have had some kind of James Joycean fancy of having all kinds of inner um, mythologies between the songs and little references and lyrics. And by the way, they are, there are some. You could make the case that there are that that, that there is a, a a connection between certain songs and reflections between certain songs, but again, it's it's you're gonna have to listen you're gonna have to listen to it like reading Moby Dick or something, and I, I wouldn't want that to put that on anybody. For me, I get a kick out of that stuff. Yeah, uh, but I'm not I'm not gonna ask you to sit down and listen to it like that. Like it's. It's there if you want it. No, I oh well, that's all I want. I just want to make sure it's there because I've listened to it, but I haven't. I told you I'm solo dad. It's been hard to have yeah. any deep listening right now. And it's a bit like a book. It's an, almost like an album dis- or a book disguised as an album. So it's not. I should have put somewhere. It's not meant to be absorbed in one go. In fact, it's impossible. I can't do it. It's two records. You should. It really is two records. So you you should take your time and and spend a good. You know, don't don't listen to it all at once. It's not a good idea. Are there plans for this to be like a double vinyl release? It is on the double vinyl, and it's coming, and that should be in stores in a couple of days. Oh, okay. I got to pick one up. I want. I I, I kind of like the idea of listening to both sides, and 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 even now that you're saying like it's hard, it's a hard listen. Yeah, I'm totally listening. Hard. I, I've got like a stream of it. You know, like I don't even have. I don't like it. I'm. I, I don't. Sorry, I like the record, but I don't like. I know that listening to it on vinyl, if I have the time. Will be yeah. will be, that that's the way it was meant. That's what it was meant for. It was made for that. Yeah, I have a real hard time when you know. I mean, nothing against 
the way they do it these days. But I have a hard time when people send out it as a stream. I I, I was against the idea, but that's what that's, you know. Yeah. That's what I can do. Yeah, I'm with you. And I just, as I say, I found it hard to. It's also how do you stream a record about Niagara Falls? That's a lot of water. And you're streaming it? That doesn't... Sorry. I, I, I don't know why I went there. I was with you, but I wanted to see where you're going to go. Yeah, I, I went down the falls is what happened, I think, in a barrel. Now, you, you're prone to ideas like... When something like this hits you, I think you're prone to really go whole hog, so to speak. You explore it. Note the scales are... The scale is usually... You know, you're making records and all that stuff, but I feel like you're an ambitious guy artistically... And the scale of this is, I think, most people would find it huge. And you even said, like, this is not meant for uh, a single... You can't digest everything in one go. No way. So is this the most ambitious record you've made? Um, I, would, I would say, in, you know, I would say making it, it didn't actually feel that ambitious. But, like, the actual product and the actual result is very ambitious. Making it was a joy. So it felt just... Like uh, didn't there was no uh, there was there would you know there was no nervous breakdowns there was no you know change of careers in the process it was a very fluid process the the but the net, I knew what I wanted to do pretty early on so but the net result yes is ambitious it's definitely the most uh, ambitious record I've made um, I mean I've made some some doozies in the past mm-hmm. and. Uh, but this was, and I wanted to make something that was un- completely unique in the sense that, you know, I, albums are, there are a lot of 10 song albums, there are a lot, and I've made a lot. I wanted to make a record that was completely unique, like the way it, you, you listen to it, the way you put it, and this is what we're getting back to, like in terms of buying the vinyl or this, even the CD, you're going to experience the record in the way it was designed. Yeah. Now, now whom are you outdoing? Everyone, I think, has an inner kind of competitive streak within them. And sometimes they're competing with themselves. Sometimes they see what their colleagues and peers are doing, and they want to challenge them in some way and keep everyone honest and keep everyone working harder and harder. So I'm curious. I, I get that from you a That's little a bit. That's a great question. Yeah. I, I get that a little bit from you. Who are you competing with? I think it's a good... Yeah, I love those questions because um, I, I'm fascinated by that too. What, what motivates artists... Um, for me, I, I'm, I, I, if I'm going to, I often think, well, this could be my last record. Sometimes I think that I think, geez, uh, this, this is the last one. I want to do something that just, that just really makes it for me even just turns me on, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I'm competing sometimes with just me and, and then, and like what I know, what I, the things I like are like big stuff. I like Hitchcock. I like Herman Melville. I like Shakespeare. You know, I like the I like the big guys. Now, I'm not saying I'm ever going to reach that, but that's what I mean. I I mean, when I think about competition, I think about like like some heavy cats. Yeah, but you mentioned three people that are not musicians. Well, Shakespeare was a little bit. He had some songs. In that's there. true. Um, but yeah, okay, musicians. No, no, no. I actually I don't even want you to do that necessarily. I think it's interesting that you cited three people from different mediums. Because yeah. on some level you say, I don't know if I'm going to outdo them, but you're not even working in their realms. You're, you're working not, in your own. They're not even alive. <laughs> they're not even alive, that's right. 
<laughs> I just feel like, okay, you know you walk into record stores now, there are billions of records. Like, there's so many. Yeah. And, and there, everybody's got a record. You walk into a CD store, and there aren't even that many CD stores, but you just, you know, you just know that there's so many. So I'm like, for me, maybe I've just got a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. Maybe I have a, a bigger ego. I don't know. But I thought, if I'm going to make a record, I just got to stand out in some, in some way. That's the, I mean, that's just a basic, that's the way I approach it. I mean, I don't, that's just a basic given. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why would anyone want to do something normal or something that isn't going to get them noticed? Everyone is in the same boat on some yeah. level, but for some reason you, for my, to my ear and to people who... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Who discover you, I think that's true. I don't think... I think it's fair to say that uh, the masses necessarily aren't all aware of you, but... That's true. And, it, and it's not to say that, that that might be a bit of a, a detriment for me because I sometimes, you know, I take big risks, so there are, it's not an easy sell, and that's, that's part of it. So, yeah, yeah. like, it's a double-edged sword. You can have that side to yourself where you want to challenge yourself and, and compete with, with some big guns, but then what, when you present it to the world, you can look like crazy alien <laughs> right and how do you move past that how do you move past i, I mean, don't know. Are, the, are the masses even a consideration like how do you move past do you i think about it i think about the masses because yeah like um you know i still try and make videos and stuff and i'm i st you know i write there are songs on that record that are still very populist you know they're not i'm not trying to be a weird person when i'm a song when i'm or 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 out weird or, or out hip when I write songs. They're not that strange what I do. Yeah. But I think it's just the context and the context of the time I live in that makes it challenging. Hmm. That's fair. What, what, was, what, what was it about your upbringing that drew you uh, to music? Can you talk a little bit about uh, where you come from in terms of your artistic impulses? Well, my father was a, a started out as an A&R man in the 60s. He worked for Decca Records. He signed people like Robert Fripp and King Crimson. Wow. Ten years after. And then he became a pop songwriter and, um, and wrote pop songs and for, for glam rock artists in England like Alvin Stardust. And he had a solo career. And he was, yeah, he was like an, a very entrepreneurial, like he wouldn't even listen to a song unless it was in the top ten. <laughs> like that's how pop he was wow I grew up with that so for me I have a very str I have a very strong sense of song in a, in a, in a pop connotation 
but from a very specific era. And I've spent most of my musical life trying to unlearn some of those things and, and find other interests in music. Um, because it was it was very kind of a one-sided approach in my uh, home uh, growing up as a kid. Yeah, you you say you're not weird, but I do get the impression, or that you don't think the songs you write are that weird, I mean. But I do get the impression you are drawn to weirdness, and is that you're saying that might stem from being raised on some sugary, sweet bubblegum pop. Yeah, I think uh, that you make a good point. I, I wouldn't, that's, that's a, something I wouldn't necessarily um, make the connection. I, I would say that um, I would just see that I saw, I had a lot of love in, in, in growing up as a kid through music. For me, when my dad sat down on the piano, he would immediately start playing the most upbeat pop music with all kinds of groovy 70s beautiful chords. So for me, that's still beautiful. I love that. Yeah. But I've also explored other things as well. Are you still using some of that, you know? Uh, who was your father again? You didn't say, state his name. His name is Peter Shelley. Not to be con- confused with the leader of the Buzzcocks. Oh, wow. I was going to say it was Pete yeah. Shelley. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> called, he's called Pete Shelley. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there's a big, yeah, you have to be careful there. You can, if you, if you wiki Peter Shelley, you'll get his whole bio. Okay, so Peter yeah. Shelley's your dad, and, and is he supportive of your music today? Well, I, I think so. He doesn't hear much anymore. I, I try and send him CDs when I, when I record them, but when I first started, he was a lot more connected to what I was doing because, you know, I had just left home and we were, you know, but now he's, you know, he's pretty easy, easy to please guy. He doesn't really take it too seriously. And yeah, he's into it. Okay. Now, what, what actually brought your family to Canada? Well, it's a mystery to me, even. I, I think my dad was um, uh, searching in himself, and he, he didn't want to raise his kids in England. He, he used to say that to me a lot. But uh, I think there was a variety of reasons. We, we left with, uh, with, with uh, full of hope and uh, to, of coming to a new country and just having a, a new life. I mean, it was... There was there was no um, like we were refugees at all. It was or we were poor or hungry. We were we had a good life in England, but there was something missing. And uh, I think he something in his soul wanted to to leave. Simple as that. Okay. Yeah. And uh, was he? Is he? Are he and your mother still together? No. See, this is the thing. We came to Canada, and within five years, he had lost all his money. He had. We'd gotten divorced, uh, and it it kind of was, everything was shattered. It was almost like a Job experience. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he's okay now. I mean, he's doing great. And he's, he's but uh, uh, that was a, it was a, a, a tricky, a rough few years at the beginning there. And did he get out of music? Is he still doing music stuff? He dabbles, you know. He comes every couple of years. He'll make a little recording, and uh, he his main thing he did was in the eighties in Canada. It was a he created a, a a doll with music called Robot Man. <laughs> have you heard of that? No, I have not heard of Robot Man. Oh, well, it's kind of got a cult following. It's it's an interesting idea. Basically, it's a robot with a a real human heart. Oh wow, that's pretty that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is, and uh, the music is fantastic, and anyway, it's all on the internet. Did he do well? Did Robot Man do well? In some places, yeah, it did pretty good. Huh. 
was it like put out by some major toy company or something? Yeah, it was Kenner Toys. Kenner, that's like a, the big one. That's like one of the big yeah. ones. Wow. But, yeah, this is part of his his what happened with that was there was a seventy million dollar ad campaign for Kenner that was supposed to happen, and then Kenner went bankrupt in nineteen eighty six just before the campaign was supposed to happen. Oh man. Yeah. So you know, it was a it could have been huge. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a little bit of hard luck uh, in your family backstory. A little bit, but I would say, on the, yeah, if you tell it like the story like that, but really if you met my dad and you met us, my, my, you wouldn't see it like that. It was just like our lives, his life changed in a totally different direction. And, uh, and he wouldn't have any sense of bitterness or anything, you know. Yeah. And do you feel, I know you're, you, you're drawn a bit to the absurd, and I think there's a, there's a sarcastic streak within you. Do you find yourself ever embittered? Um, when I was younger, I did. Like when I was like in my mid twenties, I was, I was, I remember feeling quite hard done by at the response of my first record. I couldn't understand it. It was like, how can people not understand how good this is? <laughs> and, <laughs> and it hurt me. And then, and then, but as you, as years go by, I don't feel like that. I feel so blessed to be able to make things now. I, I'm so happy I get to still make records, and now I'm making books and I'm directing videos for people. I'm a very, I'm a very good place, and you know I never sold records. So when people talk about the end of the music industry, it didn't it doesn't affect me because right. I, I never sold records anyway. Right. So how do you make you? Did you, you make any kind of living by doing live shows or? Well, a little bit. I don't play a lot live because the the band I use they're all um, crazy good and, and busy. But um, you know, I make my living in in a variety of ways. I'd rather not have to explain that. But sure, yeah, sure, I'm all right. You yeah, know, it that way. Now you mentioned earlier. We mentioned you mentioned uh, Hitchcock and Melville, and I'm blanking on the third person you mentioned. Uh, Shakespeare. Shakespeare. How could I forget old William Shakespeare? Yeah, you mentioned those guys. And you have had some forays. I, I call them forays because they still feel young. Uh, and we kind of know you principally as a musician. But filmmaking? Um, yeah, well, I went to film school before music. Right. And, uh, and, and it's only been... And I, I've directed all my videos. So, like, since 1995, I got a Bravo fact. This is before I even made a record a full record I had a, a song and I got a Bravo fact for it I, met, I made that video and I've kind of made all my videos and this is the first year where I've, I I just finished a video for another artist so I'm kind of getting back into that a bit you know like it was something that's always kind of been on the edge but it's, it's becoming more of my, of my life these days so it's not a foray at all you've been doing it at least 20 years almost 20 years yeah but it was now I never considered it like I was a film you know I've never thought of myself as a filmmaker i was just like you know yeah i'll make my own video because i can you know now, do you have any kind of training in in music or or filmmaking or, or any of the pursuits that you well just in filmmaking as i said i went to u of t cinema studies oh okay i didn't graduate and it's a very it's a theater theoretical um course of study so it's not like hands-on technical learning but you know you 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 take a course on Canadian auteurs from 1965 to 72, you know. Yeah. And it's like very kind of heady. But, and in music, well, I have no training except 
you know, just being around musicians my whole life. Right, and your dad. And yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, so now you're, now you're really going into the literature world on some level because you've published uh, or will publish very soon your first children's book? Yeah. It was never designed to be a children's book, but that's <laughs> the publisher that decided to put it out is a children's publisher and, and says it's, this is a children's book. And I said, okay, it's kind of dark for a children's book. And uh, and you said it was coming out tomorrow or October first, and it's you know that's when I, that's what I heard too, but um, that may not be the case. It may be November. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yes, I, I was just going by things I saw on the internet. Yeah, I, I'm so, yeah sorry about that, but I, I think there's it, it may actually. I, this is very confusing. It actually may, but I still. So anyway, from now till like November, it will be released. Okay, and it's called Daydreams for Night. Yeah, it's like. Um, <laughs> It is. It is very childlike, and it and I can. It, but there's the the illustrations, and there's a tone to it that there is a darkness to it in, in its own way. It may be a little bit egregoriesque, um, but it's my style. I, 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 I wouldn't want to say it's like some somebody else's. And now, is any of it drawn from anything you've written before? Is is it drawn from? Are you in a place where a song might? Develop it, have a second life, and develop into a short film. Or of course, yeah, I, it works the other way around too. So, um, I've, I've actually, this is funny. I've spent the last year writing a, a larger work. That's, um, it's really is more an adult book, but it's in the vein of is written in a childlike style. And that, and this is amazing. I've written a lot of music, instrumental music, but I haven't written any lyrics in a year. Hmm. And I believe it's because I've put all my lyrical energy into writing. That's sort of frightening, isn't it? Well, yes and no. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I've spent most of my life writing lyrics, but it's kind of interesting that you just you focus in another medium, and then, and that's where the energy goes. And I have nothing left for the actual song lyrics. So, John, what are you going to do? I mean, people, people like hearing your songs. I'm not too worried because I've just put out a record with 20 songs on it. I'm sure they they, they can take a couple of years to to digest those, you know. Yeah, I see what you're doing. And now that now what you said earlier makes sense. It, at first you were like, "Yeah, you're going to need a lot of time." And now I realize you're just stalling. <laughs> please yeah, please I'm spend a lot of time on this record because I'm not putting another one out for a while. Yeah, I'm I'm totally dry. I'm I'm a I you know, I got nothing. Well, it's very exciting that you're working on. Uh, you're saying it's for children, but it's more of a novel. Yeah, it's uh, it's longer, sh- longer short stories that are all connected, and I can't say much more than that. You know, it's it's something that's kind of in its blossoming stage. I like that you wrote a thing, and you submitted it to a publisher, and they said, "Hey, this is a children's story," and you were like, "It is." Now, what does that say about your aesthetic? And now, and, and subsequently, you've written something else. It also seems to be leaning uh, more towards uh, kids' interests. So what, yeah. does that, what does that say about you and your it's, aesthetic? It basically, it, you can see how hard it is for me because I, I'll, I'll make something. It, it could be a record, and I, I give it to somebody, it, and, and they come back with a whole different take than I thought. You know, it, it happens to me all the time. I'm like, this is a pop record. This should be, you know, or this is, a, this is, this is not a strange record. This is not a, an obscure thing or... This is a chil- this is this is an adult book. This is and then it is, you know and then they'll say this is a children's book. It, 
seems to me I, I've given up on on trying to say what it is because I when I do give it to somebody, it's always I always get back something completely different. Yeah, that's it is weird, isn't it? You make a thing, yeah. you think you know what you're doing, and someone else thinks the exact opposite thing that you thought. Yeah, it's it's very unnerving. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, no, that's, that's interesting. I look forward to reading the book because I sorry, what age group is Daydreams for Night then aimed they, at? They say age nine to twelve. Nine to twelve. Okay. Yeah. You know, I am a bad dad in that sense, and that I rarely look at those age ranges. My kid is three, and I'll just read him anything. That's good. I don't like the age thing. That's 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 uh, to me that's censorship. It is kind of weird, right? And I, it's like if you're this young, you can't read it. Give me a break. You know what it is, though, partially, is I've heard this from other parents. Uh, they try to, they don't want their kid to either age or outthink, like age out of the grade or whatever they're in. Yeah. Or out, be able to outthink everyone. Like they don't want their kid to be bored in the early stages of school. Yeah. But I find it counterproductive. I, I, I'm still f- figuring this out. I've never had a kid before. Uh, and, I, and I've never had to, you know, help, help usher in a perspective, like a, a, a new human being's perspective on the world. Yeah. I, and I, well, let's put it this way. If, it, if, it, if your child is passionate about reading books, why would you, why would you like stop that? I mean, like, or in any way put some limitation on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. I think so, too. And I like reading to him. And I mean, he still doesn't read. He's three. I don't know when he's supposed to start reading, but he's sorting, sussing it out. He's got a good memory. Yeah. But I also don't want to... I think when you say that this is potentially a frightening book for kids? No, it's... But this... Well, it is... There's, that's what I think they... It, it, the um, That's why they put it age 9 to 12. Um, because there might be some... Uh, I wouldn't say it's frightening. Just It's just... To me, it's because there's some strangeness in the images... Um, some things you wouldn't see in everyday reality. Yeah. And for some reason, that is deemed scary. But to me, that's what children's books should be. It should everything should be strange and unreal and fabricated and imaginative. And and to to be scared of fearful of that, that to me is, is a great injustice. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. And I'm starting to wonder. I'm going to listen back to some of your records. I'm trying to because you had the Easter Ween. Which is yeah. has like a childlike quality on some level, at least. On, yeah. So there's something going on with you and, and challenging innocence. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm a very innocent person too in the way I create. So, um, you know, there's I have a great affinity for 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 I mean, I, I great respect for children's imaginations. I think it's I think it's the most beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, I, and I a lot of the time I'm trying to honor that. You know. Yeah. Well, you do a great job, if I might say. Thanks, Vish. Now, you've got, uh, let's say, we've talked about a record. We've got talked about a book. You've done some filmmaking. You've done a little bit of acting recently. You've done some poetry. What else is left? What do you need to do? Yeah, the, i, I got to do some paint. i got to, this last medium I haven't done this year. It's been a great year. So, and I used to paint a lot. And now I, um, I think it's time to do that. But painting requires a lot of, downtime and introspection and uh and i don't have it that time at the moment so I'm ho- but i'm hoping maybe the end of the year i can do some painting okay so you're gonna try to get into painting yeah that'll be cool and sorry you just say this year like that's your year has been everything yeah i this year i've done it's crazy Vish. i've i've uh, acted in a play i've uh i've directed videos for people 
I've made a record. Uh, I've got a book coming out. I've recited poetry at a poetry event. Um, if I can do it, if I can get a painting show together, it, you know, that would be just top it off. I think you would win. Yeah, I would win that. You would win everything. Yeah, I would. would yeah, I would get the, the everything prize. <laughs> They'd make you the honorary mayor of Niagara Falls. Oh man, <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> All right. So beyond the painting, what's next for you? I don't know. I mean, I got a lot to me. I feel like you've done enough. I maybe yeah, I gotta take a. I gotta go to Cuba or something. I was gonna suggest maybe you should take a nap. Yeah, so a nap would be good. Have some chamomile tea and take a nap. Put your feet up. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I might start my fake fireplace right now. <laughs> now. You do have some tour dates coming up, right? I do. There's three over Thanksgiving weekend in Canada. Um, London, Ontario on the 10th of October. The Music Gallery on Sunday, the 12th of October. And the uh, 13th in Casa del Popolo, Montreal. And then we head to England uh, for about 10 dates. Right. For Scotland and England. Nice. That'll be fun. Yeah. Is that, and who's in your band? I have an, a Scottish band over there that I use. Oh, interesting. You just call up Scottish I, band? No, well, they're actually called, their real name is called, they're called Two Wings. And um, I call them the, like in, in Canada, I, the name, I, name, I call my band kind of, this jokingly, I call them the South Seas. Yeah. I, I call my Scottish band the North Seas. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you got your Scottish band, and then do you have a band for these Canadian days? The South Seas. Oh, the South Seas, and who's in, yeah. the, who's in the South Seas? Well, these are Jean Martin. He just he just he plays with Tanya Tagak. Man, he just did a great job. I saw them. I was at that Polaris Music Prize thing, and they were great. Yeah. I didn't get to see them physically, but I saw it afterwards, and it looked great. Yeah, and uh, Andrew Downey on bass, Tom Gill on guitar, a piano player called Craig Harley. Daniela Gissentheit is, is playing, is singing at the Toronto show. Nice, from Snowblink. Yeah. And um, that's, those are the, basically the, the folks that play on the record. So, you know, they'll be playing with me in Canada. That is a hot band. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad you do this stuff. I want to tell folks John Southworth's new, I said it, I got your name again. I, yeah, no, it doesn't it's scary fall. to me. What happens if Dave Letterman doesn't pronounce it right? I don't know. I don't know what to do. John Southworth's new album. There, I did it. I got it right. The new album is called Niagara. It's available September 30th via Tin Angel Records. And his new children's book is Daydreams for Night. And that may or may not be available October 1st or sometime before November via Simply Red. And Red is spelled R-E-A-D. It's not that band. Did they think about that when people on the radio had to talk about their publishing company? Did they think about that? Well, that, Simply Red is the band. Like everyone knows that band, Simply Red. I know, but they, they they live in a different world. They're in, they don't you know, for them, Simply Red is an obscure '80s band that, that that long forgotten from their memories. For us, Simply Red is always close to our hearts. <laughs> you know? I'm just saying it's a nice pun. Yeah, it is. It's great. But uh, anyway, just so people understand, Simply Red and R E A D. Now, for more information about John, visit johnsouthworthmusic.ca. And, John, before we go, is there a song, or because you have a double record, I don't know if we need to play two songs. I think we should just play one. Is there a song from the new record that I can play for folks? Yeah, why don't you play um, uh, Ode to the Morning Sky? Okay, why did that come to mind? Because I pictured you right now in Guelph, and I know, and I shot the video up in Orangeville, and for some reason I... I I uh, I just saw you 
connected because Ornfield isn't terribly far away from Guelph. No, it's a lovely area too. Yeah. And, um, and it's, you know, we're, we're, we're talking, we're speaking right now on the Canadian side and this is on the Canadian side. So why not? Okay. Ode to the Morning Sky by John Southworth. John, you're the greatest. And I thank you for being on the show and I wish you the best of luck. Thanks, Vish. It was so great.
Hey, thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.